Hi everyone. Before we start this podcast, it's important that we gave you a proper heads up. Um, there is potentially triggering content in the first and second albums we discuss on this podcast. Um, in the intro and first section, we mention uh, an alleged rape um, committed by one of the members of the first group, now ex-member. Um, the second section includes much more extensive discussion of uh, psychological and physical abuse um, as discussed in the content of the record. Um, there will be more extensive uh timestamps in the podcast description so that should hopefully give you indications of where stuff will crop up and i hope that's good fair warning um thanks for listening all right uh who wants to lead it off uh not me i don't have it today. <laughs> <laughs> i i i thought i had it but uh i i can't lie that soul glow news really took the wind out of my sails <laughs> no um Hey, Boo. Yeah. Can I ask you to boot up Virtual DJ again and play the thing you just played, the, 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 the Drake? The Red Cup the one? Is that how we're starting yeah, can this? You, can I just get that energy back in through your veins? Yeah. Just get it pumping around. Okay. Do you need me to stream it or do you need me to... Yeah, I do, I do need you to okay. stream it. Are you... I are, are you... I can, I can send you the file to intro this off with. <laughs> Absolutely do that. Okay. It's a warm day. I'm up with those you uh -huh. have aircon on. It's just going to be fine. Yeah. Who cares about noise? It's and you can you can uh, you can cut my audio out of this if that if that works if do, if you have like a virtual audio like driver for to pick up like Discord stream. I'm going to shut up now. <laughs> <laughs> Just send me an MP3. You got it. These Vangelicins are so. I feel like Young Good is gonna like have a full album out this year, which I'm very excited for. And is it just gonna be beats in eighties? Yeah, like like this. There's a there's this really good piano piece that he does. It's a, it's like really looping and simple, and there's lots of like really subtle sound design. And it's called "My Heart Is Deceitful Above All Things," which is the hardest Solid. thing I've ever heard. The hardest thing I've ever heard is Danny Paul Lovett, but you know, not true. You're on your own, baby. Uh, after I was a ill Molino, a sultan sultan just talking women in vino. The contract like 91 damn got like a rapino boosting my ego. Overly focused is far from the time to rest now. Debates growing about who they think is the best now. Making noises. The worst part is that part of me is like, damn, I should listen to like whatever the latest Drake album is. <laughs> But it won't sound like this, that's the thing. Yeah. Yeah, they, they should get me to uh, produce a Drake album. They should. <laughs> I would just get every, like, I would just get every Drain Gang guy to do it. I forgot the last Drake album had, like, 12 different pregnant girl emojis. Uh, it was awesome. Oh my god. Why is he like this? <laughs> I mean, we have good answers to this question, but never mind. 
In fact, we've, we've literally spent about four hours in this podcast figuring out. Oh, I don't know if this is a good J verse or not. I don't know if matters, really. I feel like every J verse of the last 10 years, I've been like, I don't know if this is good or not. <laughs> I've, a lot of my friends know how they feel about, like, last decade J verses. Uh, I, it's like I I have like J blinders like nothing else. It's like like, like J and Lil Wayne are the two rappers that like can just put out absolute trash. And I'm like I don't know, it kind of slaps. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Never mind, this verse is ass. Never mind. <laughs> yeah, this kind of sucks. It's, I, it really ran out of steam. And then the... I forgot to let the acapella end there, so I'm just gonna... <laughs> yeah, there we go. That works. Uh, hello and welcome to Hot Singles and the only good music podcast that will intro itself with a Drain Gang x Um I'm Alexis. I'm joined by Autumn. Hi, that's me. That is you, and I'm also joined by Boo. Sorry, dude. All right. Um, <laughs> th- th- we needed the energy back. We got it. We're here. We're live. We're live. Let's fucking go. Um, we've got three albums, and they, they're going to get progressively... Well, they're going to get heavy as shit. That's we're going to... We're, 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 start, we're starting off in a... Uh, we're starting off... We're starting off like a... Okay. Okay. And uh, yeah. we're gonna mm-hmm. we're gonna slowly we're gonna slowly get to a more joyous energy. I think is the overarching yeah. theme. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you say that we're gonna go through all kinds of like des- desolation and hysteria on the way. So you know, it's gonna be a fun ride. Uh, three albums we've got are in order: Soul Glow's uh, Diaspora Problems, uh, Sinner Get Ready by Lingua Ignota, and Cavalcade by Black Midi. Uh, let's fucking get into it. Yeah. So, um, just quickly, which is the Soul Glow track I'm using? Like, I, I, what, what? Uh, I was gonna say Who Gonna Beat My Ass, because I think the, the, the lyric Who Gonna Beat My Ass is funny. Yeah. 
it's a good lyric. Otherwise, I would say Dripponomics, I think, is my favorite track on the album. So. Same. we got to talk about Dripponomics. It's so good. Um, but cool. Okay. Uh, I'll choose between them. Um, I'm going to pull up the lyrics of Dripponomics because that's going to be a thing we talk about. <laughs> Can we have, like, the Dripponomics guy, like, talk, like, the intro talking over us <laughs> while we were talking? <laughs> Uh, yeah. So yeah, this is Diaspora Problems by Soul Glow. So Autumn, do you want to give us a like tiny little in on why you picked this album? Um, I am f- fully throwing you onto the bus right here. I, no, I that's fine. Um, I picked this album because I needed to pick an album and uh, saw this on a couple like best new music things from like Pitchfork and I think one or two other places. And I was just like, that's really good album art. Uh, I wonder what that's about. And so I picked it without having heard a single note of it. And I quite liked it. Um, I, I thought it was a pretty good album, so I'm glad that <laughs> it turned you out pretty good. I also want to acknowledge, you know, um, I didn't do any sort of research into this band. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know a fucking thing about them. Um, and right before we started recording... Um, Alexis, uh, you posted something in the chat about um, one of the members of the band has been sort of excommunicated from the band because uh, the guitar player, right? Yeah. Um, um, Ruben Polo, uh, one of the members, is no longer a member because I'll quote from the Guardian article that this comes from. Um, uh, he had been accused by his ex-boyfriend of rape by deception, securing content by not admitting that he was in another relationship. Um, the statement also said that the ex had been telling others Polo had admitted raping him. Polo admitted the deception, denied the rape, insisted he was working through his actions, and either way, he's no longer part of Soulglow. Yeah. That's the, that's the paragraph. Um, so, want want to acknowledge that, but, um, I, like, the thing that we were talking about before we started, like, recording is that, like, we have covered Lou Reed on this podcast. (laughs) You know? Yeah, we, we fucking did that, so yeah. <laughs> well, uh, and I don't think this, like, affects the content of the album to me. Um, I would maybe feel different if this was a solo artist, but, like, it's a band. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a punk it's band, and about, I kind of, it's like... It's not about the guitarist, yeah. <laughs> I kind of <laughs> expect shitty behavior from punk bands sometimes, and so that's not an yeah. excuse, but just, like, yeah... It sucks. We'll move on. We'll talk about the album. We'll talk about the songs. Because the songs are fucking good. Yeah. Yeah, the songs fucking rule. Um, yeah, it starts off with an absolute fucking banger, right? I... <laughs> the, the, the song that starts it off... Uh, just starts with, like... Or, or, or mostly involves um, the singer just shouting, Who gonna beat my ass? Which is just funny. <laughs> It's it just is. a great way to start an album. <laughs> it fucking rocks. What a great introduction into the <laughs> world. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if this is me like being just like being adventurous because I don't listen to much in my analysis. I mean, it's just because I don't listen to much hardcore and punk. But like, this is a black punk band. Like, yes. Yeah. Um, of the members of the three current members the bassist and frontman are black they very much talk about what well, the, the lyrics are very much written from that standpoint and it like 
drives a lot of the stuff that's going on in the record. Hearing uh, like scream punk stuff, but in triplets, was just like the first thing I noticed about this record. It was just like, oh, okay. yeah. Um, I, it's it's almost subtle because like, yeah, of course punk people are going to use all sorts of rhythms, all sorts of, um, I'm not going to say flows, it's not rap, but like, yeah, just there is a there's a thing hiding in the background here which is just like, yeah, nah, they're, they're just a bit more in a, in, a, in a wider cultural space and are better off for it. Um, it's the same thing with just the, the think break hiding in the background of track two. Right. There's a there's just like little windows where like other bits of the world can come come shining through, and yeah, the album feels a lot more like. Is it, I, I love it for that. Is it like a five years in my family that has like thirty seconds of like a synthwave sort of intro before it becomes a hardcore punk song? Is that the yes, one? Yes, that's yeah, that's the one exactly. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of like little moments on this album that are like, what the hell am I listening to? I thought this was a hardcore. Oh, it's a hardcore punk. Out. Okay. <laughs> you know, yeah. An intro we're not, we're that was a different it. genre. And then. <laughs> yeah. Like no one's mistaking what this album is and what it's doing, but just like, there are moments of just like sliding into other worlds, which I very, very much appreciate. Yes. Um, in, in interviews, the frontman um, keeps talking about, um, we actually use his fucking name. Um, pull up the, yeah, uh, Piss Jordan, often talks about, like, being the only black kid who was into, like, hardcore music um, in the, like, the places he was growing up and getting all sorts of, like, basically racial slurs thrown at him for that that kind of stuff. Um, at the same time, there's, like, a... Where was this point going? I had a point here. It's just escaped me. <laughs> uh... <laughs> Yeah, it, like, it, like it's super easy for me to like draw the like ha 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 uh, black punk uh, group like draws inspiration from other areas. Whereas this feels much more interesting and subversive in that it feels like the punk scene got dragged back into the real world. Like yeah. we spent so much talking time talking about three different like angles on emo and like stuff that has has scenes coalescing about it like the right the dc hardcore scene or the midwest emo scene right and like one of the things hiding in there is like their obscene and ubiquitous whiteness mm-hmm. and they're like this is a thing that just like oh wait hang on there are real people who are like inflected by a real world that has moved on 20 years mm-hmm. and it's also just like a whole of a lot more racially diverse in its makeup or at least the most exceptional and interesting stuff is a whole lot more you know, racially diverse and, I and feel interesting like, for it. I feel like punk music can often become like a very like insular space, and so like, yeah. um, it's really nice to hear this album and hear people who like are really committed to making punk music, but like at least have heard other music in a way. Yes. That, like sometimes you <laughs> listen to a punk band and like these motherfuckers only know about the Clash. That is like the only band that plays different genres they know. <laughs> God, it's embarrassing, frankly. Oh, Listen, God. I like London Calling, but like, come on, you know, come on. Well, we can do better than that. Um, um, I'm trying to think of like the the thing is that I really like this album, but like, it's almost hard to like dig into it because like. 
so, so it can get a little one note where like yeah there's 30 minutes of like oh here's this other genre of music happening and then the hardcore punk comes in and like these the lyrics are good like the the like i love the energy of it but it's like man if you like punk music it's more <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i mean like th- there are moments where it, like it's doing something really special with that i think dripponomics is the one we got to talk about right yeah yeah dripponomics so, is the best song of the album i think uh if i could uh if i could just like get in front of uh like it's i have not said anything about this record yet i have yeah. i have one note in my notepad file and it says smokes ass <laughs> <laughs> It's the I this shit was just so cool. That's that is that is my entire review. I was like, I I was like, fuck yes, baby. That is my entire review. So I mean, okay, it's a good a good time to before we like go into like what's the special thing it's doing. Just like, at a baseline, this is like aggro and shouty and angry and like fucking in your face and makes you makes you feel like a dumbass and makes you feel like the king of the world and also makes you feel like a dumbass again. It's so good like the energy alone like yeah it's a it's a 40 minute punk album and that's what it's doing but like it does being a 40 minute punk album really well it does yeah i i Um, just i was just i have no higher critical thought other than fuck yes (laughs) that's it that's 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 as far as this got for me i was like yeah sometimes that's all you need Uh (laughs) it really is um, so yeah, let's talk about Drippinomics, right? Yes. Yeah. I I just think it's hype to hear somebody shout brand names. <laughs> and I know he's, like, <laughs> making a point. Like, I know, like, when I actually read the lyrics, I'm like, oh, there's, like, you know, stuff happening here. But when I'm listening to this song, I basically can just hear shouting. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, yeah. he's just shouting brand names, and it's fun. <laughs> no, I get it, I get it. So, I mean, there is, the, it's the thing that's going back and forth between, which is, like, this shit is cool as hell. Um, we we appreciate and love the scammers. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. You're exploiting the gullible idiots, but I guess that's okay because we're all fucking in it and we gotta gotta figure out a way to make money. Like that as a, a narrative to a punk track is like it's got a sense of ambivalence that I just love. Like having gone from punk that's very much about like manifesto style. Um, statement of purpose, statement of like um, political intent, coming to this which is just like the most real politic bullshit you've ever heard <laughs> like yeah, TJX is completely onto one, yeah um, yeah I, I appreciate it, and then yeah um, this is the one that like sonically has the like it, the, the, the guitarist turn back from like a chugging punk part to the like super in your face like squall that there is a fucking distort to shit AOA and it is the guitar sounds like a dying animal (laughs) in the best way yeah complimentary yes (laughs) um and there, there are a couple moments that like scream Peggy to me there is like the where is it 115 
it's just like the, the like laughing woman's voice and the like a quick arpeggiated thing out of time that just like ah uh, like you've had some more abstracted hip hop and you know where you're going with it. That's just like a, a great little moment. Um, the verse though. Uh, Fuck being good. I'm a bad bitch. Yeah. <laughs> so cool. It's uh, I I I wanted to uh, I wanted to tie this to uh, another song that effectively does this, but intentionally restrains itself to a more quiet fury, which is Injury Reserves Jawbreaker. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which uh, it's. On paper, they are effectively the same song, uh, where it's, uh, you know, yeah, you, uh, swap out Soul Glow's, uh, <laughs> a vocalist for Richie, swap out Mother Mary Rose for Rico Nasty, and get Proteins doing the chorus, and it's almost essentially the exact same thing. Uh, it's, I just, uh, that, that, I, I, I was like, oh, that's a fun comparison to make, I'll just, I'll say that. Get your shit together, get your jaw up off the floor. How come you're staring like you don't know what it's for? Get your shit together, get your jaw up off the floor. Shit. We got these niggas looking at me like I never seen a nigga put a real ass fucking fit together. They're so used to looking at these new goddamn Instagram. Y'all niggas seen these Instagram pages where they literally show you the whole entire outfit in the price range from head to toe, nigga? So today, Ian Connor doesn't happen to have anything on top of his head, but he does happen to have the Supreme Playboy collab jacket on. And we're just gonna go ahead and skip to the bottom because can you guys notice that he does have the Rape 3000s on? And those are gonna cost you about $450 dead stock. Yo, but yeah, I mean, like, this is the thing, like, the Jawbreaker is, like, one of those tracks that you, you, you look back on and be like, how the fuck they get Rico Nasty on a beat that delicate and, like, dainty? Yes. Plinky Plunky. Whereas this is, like, there is something uniting the, like, catharsis you get out of track like Drippinomics. Mm -hmm. The catharsis I get out of the, like, ragiest bits of... Yeah, Peggy's the one that comes to mind mostly. Where, like, it's still often really incisive, but, like, it gets blown out in a way that just means you can, like, throw around through it in a way that you, like, wouldn't normally with something a bit more, like, cold and calculated and driving. I, yeah, this Drippinomics is a fucking incredible track. I love it so much. Yep. Um. Yeah, good. I think... The, it, the line... Oh, sorry, you go, you go. go. Oh, no, go for it. I was going to say, it's, uh... I wanted to move on to my favorite track, which was uh, The Things I Carry. Oh, yeah. Which, it's, uh, uh, again, it's, I I had nothing to intellectualize. This one just went, like, the Omega Hardest in my head. It's, <laughs> it starts off, it starts off with, like, maybe, what, like, one of the coolest guitar tones I have ever heard. Like, it's so, yeah, it's so perfect. Oh man. You put a fuzz bubble on a bass and it just sounds like the best thing in the world. Also, oh. I just fucking love the Bearcat verse on this. It's yes. So <laughs> yeah. It's so good. Oh, man. 
Also, it's so it's so cool that this is a record that has like this is a punk record that has like featuring verses. I that is yes. a yeah. I, I feel like that that is something that I feel like we should get in front of. That is a that is an awesome idea. <laughs> Every punk album needs to do this. I come in, need hey, it. It's, uh, <laughs> co- come to our studio, spit a hot 16 over us just, like, losing our shit. Yeah. yeah. I'm just going to play this th- one chord really, really fast, and you just do whatever you want, man. It's cool. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, like, the backup bus, it's really funny how, like, just sitting on the back of it and, like, uh, the, the fact that... that Okay, maybe there is a point to make here. That, that, like, there are so many fucking responses you could plausibly have to the, like, the situation that Soul Glow are, like, describing in totality in this record. And some of them are, like, screaming and loud, and some of them are, like, uh, like, the, the, uh, the Mother Mary Rose, like, fuck you, I'm getting paid. And some of them, the bad cat, just, like, man, this fucking shit sucks. And, like, just, you know. <laughs> Uh, th- like all of them feel intensely emotionally honest all of them feel really varied and like genuinely true to their the like stuff they're saying in the way they like come across as as artists mm. there is it's just like really nice to to feel it on the surface so obviously like yeah there's, no one's hiding shit on this one there's a lot of like better produced like more like uh, like lavish rap albums where like you get a featuring verse and you're like that guy didn't hear what the other guy was rapping about when he did this at all like, <laughs> oh flimsy so steve it- <laughs> where'd you go where have you been <laughs> uh-huh. exactly and it's like <laughs> it's really nice to like when i first saw that there was a lot of like features on this record i was like oh the verses aren't gonna ki- tie into like the punk stuff at all are they and i'm like oh no like this all like works together no you know yeah, they like did the work. they and were actually listening to the songs before they wrote their verses oh my god everybody is so <laughs> mad about shit on this record yeah it fucking rules it's so Turns good. Out everybody has shit they're mad at <laughs> yep it's the best the, the best way to do stuff um yeah the line that i wanted to suckle back to is i, I guess a jump will get jump is gonna be one of the like, I think it is one of the singles. It's like kind of one of the most straightforwardly like accessible. Like I don't want to say pop punk. It's not a pop punk song, but like you, you get you get what I'm going for. It's just like cleaner, more direct, more straightforward. But then like yeah, living on Juice World pops my time. I'll be my future come trader and move it. And then like two lines later, it starts the starts like refrain that goes with the rest of the track. Rip China, Miss Taylor, Mr. Aubrey. Uh, what, uh, what can activate the race that would be Harbour? Like, there is a, there is a, there is a kind of like hysterical terror at the like ghoulishness of the spectacle of all of these artists and all of these, yeah, just ordinary people getting killed like this. Is, yeah, I, it, it, it feels strange when I've had like one emotional, well, no. One sonic register for, de- for digesting this. There are some like really incredible music explorations of this stuff that I've heard over the years, and almost all of them like fit the kind of template that like a white person voyeuristically looking in might want to like ex what well, like might expect and might like take out of like music that's talking about very straightforwardly black suffering. Yes, mm-hmm. and this has just got a kind of like like manic. Uh, I use like that word manic and hysteric like vitality to it that just like 
throws off the like, like. We've had enough like Kendrick introspection. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if that's a mean thing to say, but like there is a way of like this like kicking me out of a kind of stupor that I just really fucking appreciated. That like hearing hearing these lyrics shouted is a genuinely important way to like recontextualize it and just like give it a bit of life again. Yeah. Um. Do we want to move on to Cinder Get Ready? I feel like I'm running out of steam on this one. Uh, yeah. I mean, like, it's... Uh, uh, hot Export audio slash hot singles audience. Uh, it's it's not that there's... Uh, this is a record that is better experienced than talked about. We all had, a, yeah. we all had an extremely yeah. agreeable time with this record. Uh, they're going to get a new guy <laughs> in the band anyway. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're, they're yeah. going to have a new guitarist. Uh, yeah. might go see them in a couple of months when they've got a new guitarist and they come play in the UK. Don't yeah. listen to this. That's uh, that, yeah. I, I will devote I will devote my closing statement on this record with go listen. It's good. Yeah. This is a this is a this is a good album. You will like it. I know you will. Yes. Yes. Yeah. The thing that's got me thinking about is other music that's like very explicitly talking about black suffering and like how I feel about it. Given that like some of it I've like grated with for reasons that are about the music primarily. And some of it I've like found difficult to connect with in other ways. Like speaker music is a guy called DeForest Brown. Um, he is a really interesting writer as well as an incredible musician. Um, he's got a project called uh, Black Nationalist Sonic Weaponry. And it's an interesting project. I really liked it when it came out. And there are tracks in here that are just like trying to put like, you know, Sonic Weaponry, like, put a sound palette to, like, just other, like, the visceral, emotional, and, like, political response to white supremacy. And somehow it, like, I don't know what it is. Like, I feel like this takes on a mantle of that in a more casual way and somehow tops it for energy and intensity, which is, like, okay, yeah, it's because it's a fucking punk record. What you, what you, what you want about? Uh, let me just drop a track in here so you can see what I'm talking about. Like, I, I don't know if this is a, an even reasonable comparison to make, but it's just, like, the emotional stuff that I'm getting out of um, That's for Problems, just, like, it hits. It hits really hard. You should go listen to it and see if it hits for you. Yep. Two thumbs up from me. Yeah. Hell yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh... Time to talk about the fucking depressing shit. Yeah. <laughs> Watch too long. 
Gonna get ready by Lingua Ignota. This was an album I really wanted Orton to hear. Okay. Um, I'm interested in your thoughts, but we'll get there in a second. Sorry, I'm. We'll get there. Yeah. Um, Cine get ready is the artist name of Kristen Hater. Uh, she's an American singer, multi instrumentalist, classically trained in some. Um, Li- and just, Lingua yeah. Ignota is the artist name. Cine get ready is the band name. Oh, did I did I say the yeah. whole way around? Yeah, I just wanted to cool. clarify that for listeners. I knew you knew. Yes. I just yeah. yes, 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 yes. Uh, yeah, Ling- Lingua Ignota is the artist name of if one Kristen Hater. Um, all the relevant stuff goes there. Um, yeah, she makes stuff that like falls somewhere between like freak country and in maybe metal question mark or like noise question mark. Or, Definitely noise. <laughs> yeah, there is a there is a lot of there's a lot of noisy shit going on here. But like, there's a background in this on this record of like Americana in the largest sense of that that I think is really important. So much of this album is before we get onto the content of it. So much of this album evokes like rural Pennsylvania very deliberately. Like she kept keeps talking about how she was like thinking about like Amish and Mennonite communities and like stealing their lyrics was what stealing um taking like their version of liturgy um taking spirituals and stuff um and their writing and turning into lyrics for her own stuff um very explicitly like a track called pennsylvania furnace the another called um the perpetual file of centralia which is the the coal mine that had an accident in it a couple hundred years ago it's not a couple hundred years ago like a hundred years ago that now it's just a fire going on in it that will not go out um which is fucking wild when you think about it for a moment, but yeah, um, there is yeah, there's a there's a real intense sense of place in this album. Um, but yeah, I'm uh, edging around. This album is an album about uh, her abuse. It's an album about um, an ex she had who was a musician in a band called Daughters, I think, among other things, um, who emotionally, physically, and sexually just abused her really really viciously um uh like it's it's shot through all of the lyrics it's shot through all the songwriting and it's shot through the emotional arc of the record like it's like a genuine descent into like misery and like uh, desolation like track nine is like very much just like i'm on my own and coming to like a some kind of resolution within that which is yeah presented in this incredibly holy way um which is fucking scary the more I, the, the more i like say this out loud the more like hearing the things well r- saying the things that i'd like clearly read and could understand through the lyrics and through the music it's just like yeah this fucking album is miserable as shit <laughs> um and yeah like oh my god um i i still the sound of it though is just fucking enrapturing to me. I would agree with that. Like the the way it bends religious texts, um, this like intense sense of like Americana 
like the, the the sense of place like twisting it beyond recognition most of the time i i kind of love this album and i kind of want to know what you think about it um i uh i uh this this album made me cry a couple of times Mm-hmm. I, uh, so first off, it's uh, I, I I looked at the track list and I, I heard like the first uh, ballpark like three four minutes of the Order of Spiritual Virgins and I was like okay I know what kind of I know what kind of uh, album this is I'm ready for a I'm ready for a I'm ready for a good uh, regular regular time Boom! yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Just blow the fucking bottom end out, yeah. Strap in, folks. It's uh just like um I I it's I feel like if I call an album slow, that is that could be interpreted as a uh negative or pejorative statement, which is not true. This album, this album is so slow that if Kubrick was listening to it, he would start thinking about dinner. <laughs> uh, Klubik, uh, Klubik. Who the fuck is Klubik? Um, Did I say Klubik? Klubik cleaning... Oh no, you <laughs> said Klubik. Oh my god. Okay, sorry. I thought you. I thought you were lighting me up. Um, shout out! Shout out to um, MLB pitcher Corey Klubik, who I'm clearly thinking about all the time. Actually. Just MF said um, Klubik. Yeah, no, clearly Kubrick doesn't have the most empathy for, like, an abused woman. (laughs) I was going to say, oh, man, yeah, maybe maybe bad comparison. (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean, you know. (laughs) Uh, But, no, just, like, it's, every song is just, like, is there a word in between, like, grieving? I think is the word I would use to describe the yeah m- the, mournful or something the yeah. tone mournful is is certain like it's just so so like so rich with like mourn oh man. Uh, I'm just I'm I'm listening I'm listening to uh, I Who Bend the Tall Grasses because that was that was the vocal performance I think that got me the most. Yeah. There is there's something really incredible about the vocal takes on this. So yes. like there's an emulation of like really raw choral singing. Obviously it's all her as a performer. Yes. There's an emulation of just like the experience and style of being in a room of untrained singers. Um it's almost exclusively dry as shit. Um, it is placed all around the stereo field with like really uneven balance between the different harmony levels. So rather than it do the like standard pop wash thing of like merge into one really coherent and cohesive like balance, like perfected like unit that sits behind in a stage sense, the main vocal, it it feels very much like how I, how I've experienced versions of like sitting in a chamber choir or like how I imagine like a small church singing where people like really care about what they're actually saying. Um, there's a kind of like raw intensity to that that just like fucking 
bowls me over every single time. God damn, Autumn. Did you? Uh, what did you think about this record? I feel like I'm. I feel like I'm just going to be saying like "fuck, man," like over and over. I, I have just been sitting here trying to think of like the nicest way to say that I fucking hated this. Oh I'm so shit! Sorry. Man. I I hated this record. I'm so sorry. Nah, that's alright. <laughs> this is where the good shit happens. I just, I just was like. I was waiting for something else to happen. I was so desperate for there to be a second mode that this record went into. I was, I was so fucking bored. Oh <laughs> I'm man! I'm so sorry. I, I felt so bad as you two were like going into how much you love it because, I, like, I recognize that like. I recognize why people do like this. Like, it's been a very popular record. Like, I, I hear everything that you two are saying. For me, just the, like, experience of listening to it, I was like, oh, my God, I'm so bored. Oh, my God, <laughs> fucking kick up the pace. Oh, my God, do something else. I'm in hell. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I, the, the most annoying thing is, like, it's not even dislike in an interest. Well, not in an interesting way. There are. It's interest. I'm interested why you're bored specifically. But like, if that you're bored and not like revolted, that's like a. It's a very, very important difference. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Like I. I, I to, it, to. It's just one of those. It's one of those things where like I can listen to this and I, I like I understand totally why why other people like this like i i it's not like oh my god how do you listen to this shit it's just like for me it, it it's just um it just felt so like monotone and, and, and like you said miserable but like for me it for you it's miserable complimentary and for me yeah. it was miserable derogatory of just like <laughs> miserable miserable <laughs> <laughs> Because I was just like, I, like take the vocals for example. Like I hear what you, you all are saying about feeling like the the vocals are so like emotional and and moving, and for me it felt like the the vocals were just like very repetitive, very like there there is like so much pain in them, but there is also like nothing else that I was grabbing onto besides that like just abject misery uh and i i wanted something to happen on the record i yeah. wanted i i um i i wanted to like be more impressed by the songwriting or or for there to be a melody somewhere or some texture that like was grabbing me and i just i never found anything in this record that like hit me in any way yeah. <laughs> i'm sorry no I that's so fine rude. it's no autumn <laughs> it's i i feel like what happened is that <laughs> it's objectively this is difficult to listen to i i it's the the it's you you said it yourself like we we called it like miserable positively and you said miserable derogatorily <laughs> i it's. Just, I feel like you could you could make the argument that one would like could pill themselves into thinking this was good. I. 
I did really just like that. Like I wasn't like, oh man, like the wait, this is so beautiful. Like I, I really did just like this. I as a as a mm-hmm. as a moving piece, I thought it was I thought it was really good. But I I wholeheartedly understand your viewpoint. Yeah. <laughs> So the only thing is just, like, there was... I got such an intense sense of the, like... the, the Like, I, I started off with the, the, like, the sound world being something that might, like, be a fucked up version of something that you were already into. And that just clearly isn't the case. Or do you, like, hear it and that just doesn't do anything for you regardless? Um... I just hear, I just hear it and it's just not... It doesn't do much of anything for me, I guess, is the thing. Is it just, like... I like heard the first notes of this record and was like, okay, sure. And then like, as, as the record went on and I just felt like it, it just felt like more of this thing that I didn't care for from the outset. It felt like, it felt like so it, it is so in this one mode and that one mode didn't do anything for me. And so then it was just yeah. an hour of being in that mode. Um, and I, 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 yeah, I just really, like, I struggled to get through this record at times because I was like, man, I've got 30 more minutes of this thing that I just am not enjoying at all. <laughs> I was, like, pausing this record to go listen to the new Miranda R- Lambert album because I was like, I need oh fucking, some God. fucking pop songs. I need some fucking, like, energy. <laughs> and you gotta do what you gotta do. Like, there are, just to be clear, this is a this is a 55-minute album with a nine songs on it. There are no songs under five minutes, and there is uh, uh, two over seven. The opening track is nine. I was going like, to say, Rex, what is the opening song? What is the song you're going to pick to uh, premiere this? And will you be playing the whole song? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, I will need to decide, probably, because it's the most hooky. It's probably going to be Pennsylvania Furnace. Uh, yeah, um, okay. Which also makes sense, because it is the one that also, like, um, thematically and, like, well, thematically calls back to the opener, like, the the major minor move, the, the, the like, pedal point thing that it's doing, like, it, it's, it feels like very much a linchpin track for the whole record emotionally. Yeah, um, I think so. There are other tracks that I think are, like, different kinds of devastating and, like, make me want to puke my guts out, but they don't exist in a way that like makes them sit as solo tracks quite as well like repent now confess now is just like gross to listen to in a like quite remarkable way like to be clear um um let me pull up the lyrics so i'm not misquoting uh the line is um uh no wound is as sharp as the will of God. Repent and he will abundantly pardon. He will take your legs and your will to live. Um, direct ref. Sorry. <laughs> I missed out the first line. The surgeon's precision is nothing. No wound is sharp as the will of God. Um, she needed an operation to fix an injury that she sustained, like a serious herniation in her lower back that was like threatening to cause her to like either get par- like, like long term paralysis or like loss of use of her legs and lower half of her body as a direct result of like physical violence suffered during abusive sex like th- this is just like it's written all over this records uh, how like disgusting and like but also it just in the, the I read it like how intimate and like psychologically overwhelming all of the like 
different aspects and the ways that... Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. They're, they're, they're like deeply embodied and also spiritually like all-encompassing ways that like abuse plays out in her life and her like the, the sort of version, the storified version that she's like presenting with. Mm-hmm. Um, what was I gonna say? Yeah, I did. Um, I did not read the um, impact statement. Um, that is the, a rough read. Album. I will say that. Yeah, that is. Don't need to. Um, but I did read like a little bit about um, the the play, like you know, just like what's on Wikipedia and like the Pitchfork review, basically, like some of the like mm-hmm. cliff notes of like the story going into this album, and. Like, it was one of those things for me where I'm like, I can appreciate that this is coming from, like, a very real and, like, um, like, very authentic place. Like, all, all, all the, like, pain and suffering on this album is, like, real, you know? It's not, like, anyway, um, but it just didn't, like, <laughs> I, I just had the, the problem where I'm like, I just don't like the music and I can't, like, get get invested in sort of the, the, the narrative when I just don't care for the music in any sort yeah. of way. So that was, that was, um, that was sort of what I took away from that, I guess. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think there was a, a little while ago, cause one of the few albums that I could think to meaningfully compare this, this to, there are, there are a couple of artists that I think like occupy adjacent spaces in my mind. One is Chelsea Wolfe who makes like dark, gothy, like, I guess, like bluesy metal or like country metal is, would be the, the way to describe it. Um, who like inhabits some of the more like dark spaces, but with a so much more aesthetified sense. And the other one on the other end was like the songwriting, songwriting terms. And also again, the sense of like deep Americana inflected stuff is Waste Blood. Um, and I remember us passing around um, Titanic Rising a couple years ago, which is an album I still think I really like, but I think I've like grown out of slightly. I think it's very, very pretty and not the most emotionally evolving at this point. But like, I feel like a lot of the harmonic moves, the like, the things that make Lingua Ignota bearable as an album to listen to are the sorts of like moves that would be centerpieces of like grand sweeping romantic gestures in a Waste Blood record. And those just feel like analogies that I have in my head. And like, I, I feel like there is a more survivable and like maybe just frankly more engaging version of this that's not so dependent on an incredibly morose and incredibly intense narrative. And that also, you know, it like goes musical places that are, you know, bright and somewhat tolerable for Autumn to, to listen to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah, like, I, I would love to see a press release that's like uh like it's this record is confirmed autumn approved and there's like a little sticker of autumn <laughs> in like the press photo giving a thumbs up still still like quite glum looking yeah. like, <laughs> it was bearable full stop um yeah just that the, the, there are things adjacent to it that could be things that could one day get into and that this is not it because it's so fucking miserable and that's fine <laughs> uh, 
I just, I feel like a jerk, you know? Nah, nah, you're not a jerk. Sometimes people don't like albums, and that's okay. You're not a bad person for not liking an album. <laughs> and it's, I, again, I, it's, uh, I, I nobody's gonna, like, it's, <laughs> nobody's going to, like, write in to the uh, export audio inbox being like, Autumn's attitude towards Sooner Get Ready was unacceptable! <laughs> Uh, because it's you've you've shown very clearly that you you empathize with this this horrible horrible situation that is being that is like that that is being written about the it just wasn't for you is uh, yeah. is the is the simplest way I can put that and that's that's totally fine I think that's totally fine if if you want to like if 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 you are going to like write in and like be like that it's uh, send it to me so uh it, it, it drop it it's, <laughs> dro- it's uh, drop it off at your mom's house i'll read it when i get there <laughs> this is a good album i i like this album a lot it is it is so so slow so painful but i i really loved it i I really that's that that those are my thoughts on sooner get ready. Yeah. yeah any more like specific tracks to bring out or like we leaving it there? I I it's I don't have anything more to say. It's Regs. Cool, did you done. did you have any additional thoughts? No, no. I hit the tracks that I wanted to make sure we hit. Um, it is just as miserable positive in the in as we've described. Mm-hmm. Or miserable, miserable. If you, <laughs> if you if you're a Horrible, unempathetic bitch like Autumn. <laughs> if you're, um, if you're a sociopath like Autumn, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, uh, like you're, you're. If you do want to check it out, you're going in fully warned at this point. Yes, it's we 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 have let you know this is a record about extremely extremely horrible abuse, <coughs> and it it's fucking harrowing. It, it, if it is a kind harrowing of shit, listen. Yeah. Yeah. Fair play. Um, should we head onwards? Sure. I'm going to stop that. <laughs> Black Midi is not going to stop. They're still playing that melody somewhere. Sony boy, backed only by accordion. Three rows of pale brunettes protect him from the crowd. And the curtain is a patchwork of imitation vermilion. And a red bulb hangs over the throne that has been found. This is a scene on Main Street when John 50 comes to town. Yes, this is a scene on Main Street when John 50 comes to town. Crowds of every age, creed, and gender are abound. Senor Kish sings kiss, detaining each attendee's sins. The first-time anteaters lose themselves in the wings. With vigor they scratch red spots, overwhelmed by their king. 
And all the world does no escape from this inferno dip. And all the world does no escape from this inferno dip. Return of Bethlehem from all boys and girls. Come listen to these, my eternal words. Judge not who you see by whatever they may say, but by their round eyes, lips, ears, and curves. A man is his country, your country is you. All man is forewarned, all good will come true. This words are heard on May Tree, when John 50 comes to town. Yes, these are the words of May Tree, when John 50 comes to town. The gargle of his non-song whips throng into frenzy, and the echoes of his crooning now cease to be heard. No longer pale brunettes are broken in two and thrown to the snouts of the antidote crew. John 50 is intolerant, his soapbox usurped, his bone robe with arms of tree stumps of the earth. No half of an army will last long before he breeds men who yearn for their own bloody glory. I do want to just like, I'm sure Boo knows why and what, what I'm linking and why I'm linking it, but I do just for Autumn's benefit want to just link this. It is timestamp, so just hit the play button. Okay, okay. Um, um, and we can, Thursday, you want it? Just to experience this, this little moment together. Sure. Uh, um, I've got it in front of me. I can count down if everybody's ready. Go for it. Three, two, one, go. <laughs> I love the dancers up front. Yeah. Oh, Black Midi music. The, these guys are from the Black Midi music video. 
Uh, like from the yeah. John L music video. Sorry, from the Black Mini music video. <laughs> this is music, dude. Music fucking rocks. <laughs> Music's so good. <laughs> I love this. These guys are so fucking silly. This fucking rocks. They've got the morph suits and the kicks. I love the shoes. Oh my god. I need the I need the cameraman to pan back out so I can see their suit. Get you a band who can do this. Like, I just yeah. wanted this as a tone setter. Like, get you a band who can get more suits dancing to um, Can't Stop with the Red Hot Chili Peppers. And the <laughs> They're so <sick>. cool! <laughs> Segway straight fucking back into John L. Um, who are Black Nitty? Uh, it's, uh, depending on who you ask, they're either industry plants or the coolest motherfuckers on the planet. They, they can be both, both of those could be true. It's, uh, it's to be clear, they're not plants. They are not. But... No, there's another band. <laughs> the, the plants is a different band. But it's... <laughs> so, these, these guys, I, I feel like... I feel like the the okay. I I should get in front of this first. I um, I uh, I am in romantic love with this band. I love this <laughs> band so so much. Like it's I I oh oh man, this this is such a fucking. I love Black Midi so much. They are so they are so fucking cool and funny and awesome. <laughs> Is <laughs> we're we're really coming out of the like ah, into uh into me uh like running around in circles about this record. Uh, Black yeah. Black Midi is uh, three formerly four blokes uh, that all met at the uh, Brit School, and uh, two weeks after they graduated, they uh, they got a gig at South London's renowned Windmill venue. That first gig led them to a windmill residency and a publishing contract and a record deal, a Mercury nomination for their first record, Schlagenheim, and you are listening to me talking about this right now. Mm -hmm. uh, a, a couple of myths that Black Midi has is, like, they... they it's the, Their first release, Schlagenheim, they, they didn't do a lot of press for it. It was, it was their... They, they did a lot of uh, shows... And that, that legendary KEXP YouTube video that I think showed everybody I know, Black Mini. It's I definitely showed it to everybody I know. Uh, <laughs> I was like, this is so cool, this is so cool. And uh, Schlagenheim, a phenomenal uh, intro record. Like, it's one of the... A, a unfairly strong debut record. Uh, but... The the narrative of Black Midi being a band that uh, was did just all jams like they they the all of them would get in the studio and just jam for like I don't know I I've seen people say like twelve hours I've seen people see like a full day and then uh, mm. like tone that down into like songs and release stuff that is uh that is not true I I see that it's uh, th this was definitely <laughs> happening uh, again as 
they, uh, they they didn't do a whole lot of press releases leading up to the the, the release of Schlagenheim. But for Cavalcade, they were they were all systems go with uh, making things very clear. They uh, they liked playing Schlagenheim on tour, but they 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 found themselves getting bored of it, and that that they wanted to go back to the studio and uh, quote unquote make something that is actually good. <laughs> which is the which is the wow. which is the craziest thing you could say about your record that got a Mercury nomination. I want that to be so clear. Wow, these fuckers. They they are they're so they're so fucking baller. Uh, um, I only heard one song from Schlagenheim before we recorded this episode, but I was like, oh, that's pretty fucking good. I like the I like the the newer stuff better, but I. The one song that I heard from Schlagenheim, I'm like, that's pretty fucking good. Yes, it's yeah. I uh, love that debut a lot. It's they it's that they specifically cited that it 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 felt like it took itself too seriously and it was like a really single tone. It was more <laughs> about it was more about like exerting power than it was like particular melodies or something, and that's not what they wanted to do uh, going yeah, forward. Like- Vibe merchants, but also being complete nerds about it, is like a very hard line to tread. Yes, like Radiohead have somehow made a career out of it, <laughs> more, more or more or less successfully. But oh, you know, I was gonna say as it's uh, and you look in like uh, Black Midi's YouTube comments for like their their first stuff for like Schlagenheim and stuff, and they're just like all of them are like this is like Talking Heads meets a uh, Robert Fripp meets Rush meets, and it's like it's so many people trying to pull from the. Black Midi is so good at tapping into, like, the emotional resonance of, like, older, like, old, harsh, but also weird acts that it's, like, nobody was able to talk about the music that was actually happening. Can, and, I, can I offer up, like, one quick, like, comparison to another act that came to me while yeah, I was Yeah, absolutely. No, yeah. Um, this, this is not a slight to this band at all, but, like, I listened to this and was like, oh, I get why people like King Gizzard now. Yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> I, uh, I, I I have tried a couple times with King Gizzard. I I like it, but it never really it never really comes together for me. And I listened to this, I was like, oh, I'm getting out of this what other people get out of King Gizzard records. I I, I, have, I have more to say on that in a little bit, but I okay. I fully Ooh. agree. I fully agree. Uh, so they're like, let's uh let's not do the let's not do like the half jam half initial songwriting thing, and then just go initial songwriting. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt, their uh, their lead guitar and like may- did vocals on a couple of songs on Schlagenheim. Leaves the band, uh, citing mental health reasons. I don't think he's coming back. And uh, mm. they get a uh, they they get a uh, they're they're two tour musicians that they've uh, been playing for their first uh, stuff. Uh, it's a saxophonist and a keyboardist. I think one of them is in Black Country New Road, which is like a yeah. If you copy pasted uh, Black Mini and then uh, Hot Take sounded slightly worse. <laughs> <laughs> but it's that, that that's neither here nor there. If you like Black Country New Road, uh, send a letter to your mom's house. Uh, <laughs> this uh, Cavalcade, the second album by Black Midi, is was my favorite album last year and is assuredly one of my favorite albums of all time it's fucking good that is that 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 preamble is how i feel about cavalcade i was like i had to get all that about schlagenheim out of the way and then say this was fucking awesome guys what did you think of cavalcade 
I um, <gasps> so the, the 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 very first time that I put this record on, I was in the and in the back at the uh, store I work at, like doing some like admin stuff, and I was like, oh, I need to listen to this for hot singles. I'm just gonna like play it, and I heard like the first couple chords of uh, John Fifty, and I was like. Oh, this is gonna need more of my attention than just like background <laughs> yeah. <and> work music. <laughs> sorry, so, sorry. P- pull, up, like... pull up, pull up, pull up, pull up, pull up, pull up. Yeah, John Fifty. John, well, John L. It's uh, it, it, I know it's John L. Wait, hang on. Is there? A, is have I just missed this? L this is, is the me. Roman numeral for, for fifty. 50. It is. And is that a thing that they use in the track? Have yeah, I just completely gr- glazed gr- over? Gr- gr- Greep <laughs> says that was the scene on Main Street when John Fifty comes to town like nine times. Yeah. Fuck. Wow. <laughs> I've just like not actually heard the lyrics to this album Wee- at all. Wee- fake fan. Fake fan. Wee- uh, I'm autistic. You can't blame me for not liking words. Uh, it's, I hyperfixated <laughs> on it. Uno reverse. Yeah. Um, that's that's why you need the, the, the JPEG of the... the so Kaiba the, like, like getting like vaporized. The, the Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah, I don't yeah. fucking know Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> uh, you're lost. Uh, um... Uh, so, uh, speaking of that King Gizzard thing, uh, we were talking about earlier, it's, there's a, there's a huge resurgence of, uh, like, whacked out guitar music. Uh, it's, especially, uh, in the, the UK, I did want to talk about this. Black Mini are considered sort of the progenitors alongside Squid, uh, uh, Black Country New Road, Idols, and to like a lesser extent, uh, like King Gizzard and uh, Face Stabber, and uh, all sorts of other associated guitar acts that are like that want to do insanely weird stuff, but on the internet. Um, and Schlagenheim was definitely extremely in this camp. Like it's you know it's it was it was it's it's hailing the post Brexit punk genre, and then they immediately swing into an album where like half the songs are like doofy show tunes. And like really like insane brass stuff, uh, that's that's just something that I really like with Cavalcade. Again, to tie that back into uh, like talking about the proximity to other artists uh, and controlling their own narrative, which I think is a, a a a larger external point that Cavalcade is trying to make. <clears throat> so I can I can speak about the lyrics on this record then. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Schlagenheim's initial Schlagenheim's uh, records uh, songs very very vague very vague um there's i uh, the the i think the two the the three things that are discussed on schlagenheim in like full detail is uh flint michigan mm. uh a dog racing track and like oh over the like general like all of the songs uh jacking off <laughs> that is that is the that is the three the, those are the three things that they basically talked about in Schlagenheim. Cavalcade uh they had an intentional character-based effort. Uh John L is about uh this this cult leader that uh has uh, everybody turn on him over the course of the song. He shows up and he causes like pandemonium and then everyone's like, "Wait a second, you are a false prophet." And then that's like the bam 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 and that's like them killing him. Uh, Marlene Dietrich is named for uh, 1900s uh, uh, lounge singer uh, Marlene Dietrich, <laughs> and it's it's about a bunch of soldiers. Do you have to say it like that? That's how that's how it's said Dietrich. I, <laughs> what do you what do you want me to say, Dietrich? 
No, I, I'm just. Did, do you have to do that? Uh, I do. It feels like you're hiking your shoulders up and being like <laughs> every time you say it. I, I have a pinky out whenever I say it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you, no, you need a crystal wine glass that, that you're just like that's how, daintily holding. That's yeah. how Grief says it. I like how he says it. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, and then uh, uh, Ch- Chandra Malassia Patella is a is uh, it's talking about a condition with somebody's knee. <laughs> like that's that is the name of like a knee condition. Slow, okay. slow is about somebody waiting for the world to end and extremely impatient that it is not happening. Mm-hmm. Diamond stuff, uh, nothing really. Just a good song. <laughs> uh, just a good song. Uh, dethroned, dethroned slash hogwash and balderdash are very Greep core. Like uh, a guy is getting his ass kicked. Probably prize fighting. Probably not. He's got a boner for this stuff. I'll talk about he does. it in a second. Oh, yeah. he so does. And uh, Ascending Forth is about a, uh, f- a feudal slash medieval songwriter named Marcus who who achieves apotheosis after, like, very, very... Uh, after a prolonged period of getting stuck songwriting, and then everybody kills him because his song actually sucks. It's, God damn it. Uh, there are... It, it's cartoon characters on this record. Yeah. This is a, this is a Ralph Bakshi record. <laughs> it's uh oh man, dude, it's so cool. It's so cool. It's I'm sorry. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna be hogging a lot of this. I'm so sorry. That's, that's no, that's it fucking rocks. Okay, um, uh, I wanted to ask about the price fight a bit because we're we're here now. Um, yes. Boot. You saw Black Midi live a recent stretch ago, right? I did. It's that I will say it's I am extremely biased because they put on the best. Sh- I was uh, front. I was front center. I was getting my stomach uh, annihilated by the guardrail the whole time. It was hell, and I loved it. <laughs> Magnificent. Um, did they have any bits? Did they have like a oh bit that they oh were- man. Okay, so they they came out to Carly Rae Jepsen's "Call Me Maybe" to start. Hell yeah. Uh, Cameron was wearing a Cardi Tour t-shirt that said they thought I was gay. <laughs> I mean, we, we all thought it, to be uh, honest, so. Seth Evans came out wearing a Jester hat, and, uh, Gordy kept calling him, like, I think it was, like, Slick, or, like, it, it was, it was something, like, super stupid, like, Slick or, like, Sleep or something. Uh, he was wearing a jester hat. Somebody in the crowd stole it, and then uh, Greep sang a ballad to get the guy to give uh, him back Slick's hat. It's they. It's these guys. <sighs> these guys. Uh, <laughs> you could uh, you could point this to a larger trend in like the late 2010s of artists like recontrolling their narrative uh, in order mm. to be like it's no. It's like I am a serious person. I want to. I want to be taken seriously. Black Midi does not want to be taken seriously. In any regard, they are. Mm, you sure about that? I, it's I. Their music is almost always fun. It's it like it's they're they're extremely talented. I think that they they love they love the bit more than anything else. I think. Yeah. Okay, so I will tell you what my experience of a black midi gig was, sure. which was. Also fucking incredible. Also probably the loudest band I'd heard in years to that point, honestly. Like, 
They fucking turned that one. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, it was the... I will double check. Uh, I want to make sure I'm getting the names right. Yeah, it was the night of a, of a boxing match between Anthony Joshua and Alexander Yushik oh, at man. the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium in London, which meant that as their, like, opening bit, they had this, like, march, like... Uh, like they they processed onto the stage together, um, while uh, uh, while um, there was a back backstage voiceover going. Um, He's the heavyweight prize fighter of the world. <laughs> yeah. He can topple a building with one <laughs> fist and all of this this build up stuff. They uh, um, they sorry, I, it's they 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 came out on my end build as a combined weight of like ten million pounds or yeah, something. Yeah, they, they, they've got this bit. It's just they they they. I I'd heard they had a bit with their openings like this before. They swung it so entirely around like this like bizarre patriotic like rousing speech about like. Anthony Joshua is the hope of the nation. Um, <laughs> and then declined to announce at the end of the gig that he'd lost. That's <laughs> <laughs> oh, so awesome. Yeah. That's um, so awesome. They, like, this is a thing they did in, like, two separate moments. Like, at the start and then midway through the gig. Um, yeah, it was, it was genuinely so, so fucking good. But again, you know, like, there is a... I can't tell whether this is my kind of understanding of how you get into boxing as a fucking twee Londoner, um, Londoner 24 year old or whatever, um, is by like being stuck at 3am on YouTube and like getting trapped in recommendation holes until somehow you're on like greatest MMA knockouts compilation 2017, Um, (laughs) which is... On the one hand, very real. And on the other, it's this, like, incredibly affected and careful use of these, like, very specific kind of signifiers. And I'm... uh, I struggle to figure out what ties them together, but there's a hint of the, like, Wes Anderson, like, magical returnal to a, like... Like, part of it is about, like, the, like... You're almost going to hate me for this, like, white understanding of, like, jazz-era jazz... No, it's, I think that's a thing that comes across really strong for me. uh, It's Black Midi loves the movie Patton. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. (laughs) There's, there's so much about like the, it's, uh, it's, uh, especially it's, sorry. I want to say two things. If, if you heard me and Regs talking about Black Midi going on tour and being like, wow, I should go check them out. They, uh, uh, they will have been on tour uh, for about one year, uh, like maybe like next month after recording this, they've been on tour. They've, they've, they've gone to Atlanta. They, they've gone to Atlanta like three separate times. They are, they are almost never not playing shows. If you would like to go see them, it is extremely easy to go do that. Yeah. You can just do that. Uh, um, and two, it's, I wanted to speak to like you trying to find like the the particular si- uh, signifier yeah. that ties so all the, of these I mean, that that ties all of these is... together, mm-hmm. and exactly. it's I, I'm gonna hit you with an all caps uh, seventy two point uh, red color uh, statement, and it's dudes rock. Go fucking down it. It's. Uh, it's it's these guys love like stupid video games. These guys love Red Dead Redemption. These guys love like stupid like MMA YouTube comments. 
These guys love like looking up old jazz playlists and shit. It's, it is, they are so terminally dudes rocking that they, that it's, it's, it's like they've, they've inverted it into like this extremely powerful, uh, artist personality that like loves, like that, that relishes in discussing like the, the, the horrors of war and like that, the, 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 the sheer melodrama of masculinity. Um, yeah. In which case I think it makes perfect sense for me to like make two accusations. Sure. Like one is okay. like, there's the, the, the Wes Anderson point, like I, fully stand by that one in that case yes, because the, I, I agree the, like, with that the like the painterly version huh. of the the ridiculous melodrama um but like okay, with, with, with the sense of like big big um like historical stuff being reduced in this sense to like dudes rocking together the other is they're fucking soft boys that's why i can't <laughs> love them in the same way you can no way <laughs> um so let me let me present an alternative vision of that origin story. Sure. Um, a bunch of like people with musical families get taught from a very young age to become like pretty product uh, prodigious at their instrument. Yep. And at that point, aged about fourteen, fifteen, you have a choice. You have a choice to go to uh, a school that's like sufficiently artsy to cater to your interests while you have a normal fucking career. Or, or you, you go, go to Brit schools. <laughs> uh, and for, for those of you who are not uh, uh, keeping score, Brit, school, Brit School's alumnus uh, approximates, I would say, ballpark like 100% of the artists we've covered on Hot Singles. Eh. <laughs> if they're from the UK, there's like a decent that, th- chance there is that a they are... very decent chance that they came at a uh, Brit school. The specific idea being that, like, you need this sort of, like, weird combination of institutional or family backing and a commitment to being a musician or performer from a very young age. Like, yes. This is, like, people like Florence Welch, people like FK Twigs. This is, uh, like, all go through various kinds of, if it's not the Brit School, it's one of the other, like, many, like, performance-dedicated, like, schools or performance arts colleges in, in London. And, Which like, is... Which is why I don't like the plants accusation. What people yeah. want to say is black midi is privileged, which they are. Yeah, no, they, like, it's mm. uh, it's br- br- nakedly br- say they are. It's Brit is a free school, but it's like there's so many like uh, uh, like it's like uh, buying instruments. Like they they have an insane amount of gear, dedicating yourself to songwriting, like having that time to make like whacked out bug nuts music, is is a luxury. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Um, and it's also a choice against the, the, like, the reason that I'm terrified of Black Midi is in a similar way to the way I'm terrified of Vampire Weekend, they are an alternate funny universe version of myself that I am, like, <laughs> fierce, fiercely rejecting with the power of, like, a magnetic, uh, magnetic repulsion. Like, that's the thing that I'm terrified by about Black Midi. Um, the, the, the version of me that was just as into like gonzo indie rock and jazz as a 13 year old, but decided that instead of wanting to be a scientist, I wanted to like play music <laughs> would have ended up sounding like fucking Griebel. It's about to say Griebel Goering just to like really fucking rub it in, but no, I won't be. I like Griebel. I'm going to call him Griebel from now on. <laughs> Grievel Goering is like the most like postmodernist literature version of a of a of a bad protagonist, but it fits because I feel I fucking feel like 
black media from a Don DeLillo novel. Like, they feel... <laughs> so the, the reason that I was gesturing all this way towards... It's because you're scared of black midi. So one, yes, I am just scared of them and I'm trying to find a way to emotionally distance myself from them. The other part, though, is it's this, like, incredibly... The dude's rock attitude to, like, emotionality, like this outsized melodramatic emotionality, mm-hmm. is just one that I, like, find mesmeric in one sense and also, like genuinely terrifying like mm-hmm. i cannot i cannot enter that headspace i cannot enter that world i might have killed the dude mm, i'm there are i say this is in full acknowledgement of the kind of like sports faggot i am like this is <laughs> entirely true i'm a dude rock person in some very strong senses but the like the emotional sense the like of the the like stories of daring do and repurposing Enid Blighted stories or war epics or the fucking Wes Anderson style like beatified um like interwar melodrama. Yeah. Like that is a version of Deeds Rock that feels kind of alien to me. For sure. And and it's, going it's, along with that is the It's so much younger. Like it's 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 a it's a much younger mindset. Like it's all all these guys want to do is play stupid covers on Anthony Fantano interviews and like just tour. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean like there, there's a version of me that like fully realizes that and that's the version of me like making gonzo like flips of stuff. Like I've got a happy hardcore flip of a of a couple uh, Frank Ocean tracks it will never see the light of day but that's my version <laughs> like it's more digital it's more in the box it's XYZ like there are reasons why I'm in the lane that I am in Black Media in a much more successfully in the lane that they are <laughs> but yeah there's a, there's a the final level of like when I say the phrase wavy gums does that mean anything to you absolutely not no no um, wavy as a description. I'm literally going to fucking Urban Dictionary it for your benefit. Oh, See, hang on. I've just I've just Googled wavy garms. One sec. All right. Oh, that's not nice. <laughs> that's um, me. You said a mean thing. Oh. Um, yeah. Uh, from Urban Dictionary, because, you know, um, a British slang phrase originating from the southeast, meaning cool clothes, um, um, followed by the second entry in this, which is probably more of an uh, of an indictment, but term originating in London refers most common sorry refers most commonly now to edgy hipster clothing and is supposed to be is supposed to be complimentary. However, in the majority of situations, it's a decent indicator that someone is in fact wearing shit or ridiculous clothes, but a type of shit clothing that fits the general edgy hipster vibe. This includes poor fitting vintage clothing, not always a bad thing. Vintage shell jacket, massive staple here. Um, uh, uh, short sleeve shirts with a pathetic uh, graphic Hawaiian print, uh, the likes of which is stereotypical for middle aged tourists. Yeah, kind of I, like they go more for, like. Um, I'm lodging a complaint. I yeah. You do not get to like, and I, I'm not saying this about you. I'm saying this maybe just a little broadly. Bad, bad, not good has been like this for years. We all <laughs> love bad, bad, not good. You are not allowed to get give em. black midi shit for this. Get I em. not. <laughs> Subway Island. If I look at Bad Bad Not Good, they are... So, like, they are wearing... The difference between them and Black Midi is that they produce traps... They produce tracks for Snoop Dogg, and Black Midi wishes they did tracks for Snoop Dogg. (laughs) No, this this is the problem. Like, Bad Bad Not Good have have, have promo (coughs) photos of them in, like, Stussy and Noi Band t-shirts and Zelda shirts. Like, 
there is a kind of studied kind of disheveledness about wavy gums. There is a, a studied kind of uh, <laughs> like this isn't just about like stoner chic. This isn't just about dressing down. This is about like the very artfully curated art scene bursted that I run into every single day of my life in the cities of <laughs> London and Bristol. And that I am like terrified of becoming by like thoroughly rejecting and becoming androgynous sports faggot. And like, this is, this is the, the world that I am in and around constantly. And I fight with tooth and nail. Um, L. L. Um, tooth, and, L. tooth and nail. Be- <laughs> Sorry, I have to make the final joke. Tooth and nail being the two non-binary friends that I have as I do this. <laughs> <laughs> L. Um, I am just posting L. an image in the chat. Um, <laughs> yeah, I am just posting images of how bad, bad, not good dresses, and I'm just saying we cannot complain about uh, Black Mini being art school jagoffs if we're not going to complain about every band we like bad. from the last ten years no, being art bad. school jagoffs. No, bad, bad, not good, and even like Vampire Weekend are far too artful in the way they do this. Like this is just like. <laughs> Batman not good look positively normal in this case. Yeah, this is the fucking thing. Who they gotta go to who do, who, do, who do you trust more in these pictures? Jesus. Why is um, Curtis Connor in Black Mini? It's these the, these four boys that go like, oh yeah, the non-binary thing. That's pretty cool. Or these three these three kindly gentlemen who are cooking up classic hits in the studio for you. <laughs> they might even have a lasagna. I, I've sent uh, I've I've sent in our chat uh, for for viewers at home an image of a uh, uh, Morgan, a Cameron, and Greep uh, all dressed in like stupid chef uniforms. Yeah. So this is the I, kind of thing I'm talking about, where like ridiculous print shirts, high waisted trousers. Bat caps that should not be worn. You are not that, talking that about whatsoever. chef hats. You are not talking about chef hats. No, I'm not talking about <laughs> chef hats. I'm talking about uh, fucking TBE stuff. Like this is this is what we're looking. Oh, at. okay, like, sure. If if we, I feel like it. if we were going to roast Black Midi for how they dress, we should instead roast them for like buying the like guitars that jazz players use just to look cool. <laughs> <laughs> You know, fucking, they are Briscoe grads. I swear they will know the difference and will play them better. Like, I swear. This is this is the annoying thing. That for all we can, might want to, like, bitch about, like, the, the the vibe that they give off. That, like, no. I'm this, not bitching. This, I love no. these vibes. Yeah, these are okay. good vibes. I love these children. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But all that I may be bitching, like, what it has brought them is, like, an incredibly, like, carefully cultured and, like, studied kind of fucking surreal insanity that like yeah you know it works it fucking works it's just also a, a like a strategy of doing weird that i'm like intensely familiar with and like i'm fighting every day of my life l <laughs> l look at this image of them wearing muscle suits l i regs i do i respect your the 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 proximity and interiority you have here yeah. but l l yeah <laughs> L. I, I'm like I'm doing the Fortnite L dance. I'm like kicking my feet back and forth. <laughs> L uh, hashtag got, TBE uh, hashtag TBE hashtag L hashtag. I just got to take this one on the chin, don't I? I I think you do. I think you do, and I'm sorry. I, I've got one more image for everybody. Um, yes. 
got Thundercat in a Punisher jacket. Thundercat, Thundercat is the only guy that I think I will accept any fit from. If it's I literally, <laughs> Thundercat could wear literally anything, and I'd be like, "That's fly as hell, dude." Yeah, Look no. Okay, so this is this is like important point in comparison. Like wavy gums to me is like the the mostly the like uh, bad, ill-fitting sportswear. For making sure, fleeces, making making fleeces cool. Um, high-waisted, super old-school trousers, um, like, all that stuff. It, there's a version of that that sounds a lot like the LA Jazz scene stuff, but that's a bit more, like, gonzo yeah. and fucked up and less prim and less, like, slightly modish. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, yeah, okay, those are just, like, minor aesthetic differences. But the, like, appreciation of, like, charity shop hoarding and sifting and turning it into, like, highly curated and and cultured stuff is like pretty comparable between the, the fucking Thundercats and Lewis Coles of the world to the wavy gum much. The wavy gums guys. Well, the wavy gums <laughs> much into every British university town. Yeah. <laughs> um, God, I just thought it's this. Now here's my turn to be like the most uh, like wavy gums guy ever. If Thundercats and Black Midi collabed. Yes, mate. Oh my God. That would be <laughs> awesome. Sorry, oh. that's. I'm sorry, Regs. You do have to take this one on the chin. I'm sorry. I'm, re- I'm really chin, sorry. That would be fucking ridiculous. That would be, be so good. Um, hey, do we want to talk about this album? Yes. Yeah. Because this album fucking rocks. Yeah. I, I I took us on a I took us on a journey. I'm glad. That's I took okay. Us on that's okay. Like that. It's you 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 got the Regs stuff out. Now it's time for uh, now it's time for me to let to let this hang. Yeah. Autumn. Um. <laughs> Hi. What do you fucking think of this album? I think it's fucking fantastic. Um, I, this sort of like math rock stuff can always like, and that's, I don't know. I say math rock derogatory, you know, like this is always a thing that is like a hard sell for me, but like the, you know, the second time, like when I was like, okay, I need to really be paying attention to this. I like sat down. I had my big noise canceling headphones on. I'm like listening to this. I'm like, this is fucking incredible. Like, I just, I fucking love this. I love, like, <laughs> I love the tone and texture. I love, like, how many different things they're pulling from. Like, sometimes it's a jazz record, but not always. Um, and I feel like it, it just walks such a tightrope where, like, I feel like sometimes a jazz record, but not always, could be, like, I could be saying that with, like, making a jerk-off motion with my hand, but I just think this album just, like, has me all the way through. I think it's fucking phenomenal. Yeah. It's just um, Yeah. Good. Um, I, I also, um, this week was just, like, listening to Rain Dogs a little bit, and I, like, it was very fun, like, picking up on, like, threads of, like, 80s art rock stuff, like, Zappa yeah. or Tom Waits or or there's um, a, for me there's a huge amount of Zappa in here and just the sense of comedy and like just I, I used the word hysteria earlier in a different like a slightly different mode um this mm. has also got a sense of like more like <clears throat> g- joyous and chaotic hysteria um yeah for me there's a huge amount of the full um I don't know if that's a pull that will like mm-hmm. hit quite as hard for American listeners but like there's a kind of like British approach to artful post-punk that like feels like it's providing a lot of the like attitude backbone to this, even if it's not so much like they're using more than the seven chords that the, the fall ever used in their entire discography. 
but the like the <laughs> sneer and the attitude just like feels like it's just channeling Marky Smith so fucking hard. Um, yeah, God. Um, and again, I don't want it to descend into it's like X at cross with X because that's a <laughs> can I, a thing. Uh, I? I just feel like you could do that with like a million things. You could. It's uh, my you know? it's my my friend Maddie uh, who runs Indie Heads. Shout out to the Indie Heads podcast. Uh, said to me that uh, uh, Gordy was on his Scott Walker shit for a sizable portion of this album, and I loved that. <laughs> I loved that comparison so much. I don't know if I like one hundred percent agree with it, but it's I love I love the I love I love the focus. I love the I love the yeah. I love the mindset there. Yeah. Oh. Can I do a cover watch? I just realized we missed doing cover watches for the last two albums. By and all it's, means, we can, oh we shoot, can look yeah, cover watch, yeah. Uh, I uh, it's, well, I, I don't have anything to say about the Soul Glow and uh, uh, Sinner Get Ready joints, but the Soul Glow one just looks nice. It's, it's it just is like a, a it cool is a, image. It is a cool picture. Uh, yeah. Cal, uh, now it's uh, in a hot singles first. I have mm-hmm. uh, I have paid for a journalism article. <laughs> uh, the the French uh, culture website uh, Liberation. Did an interview with the uh, the 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 cover artist for Black Midi's Cavalcade and Schlagenheim and basically everything. Um, that's one David Rudnick, uh, British uh, British graphic designer. If you haven't Defont se- guy, it's if, not if, not not the guy from Defont. That's probably a different yes. guy. If if you haven't seen but, his work, fuck you. Yes, you have. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, in it. Uh, he, uh, in the interview, it's, he goes a little bit into, uh, the idea that he had while listening to this. It's, uh, uh, it's the, the way he discovered them was like, it's, he just found them on YouTube, uh, and was like, oh man, Black Midi, where do I recognize that name? And he checked his spam inbox and, uh, saw he got a message from somebody at Rough Trade and was like, hey, do you want to do one of their graphics? And he said, yes, for any deadline, for any price. And now he's ba- now he basically <laughs> does all of their stuff. They're a perfect match, I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Cavalcade is uh, based mainly in collage. He says from <coughs> old magazines, including quite a few issues of Louis L U I from the seventies, which are just like totally like scanned, photocopied. Uh, the classic graphic design final project trick, but done with like actual color and shit. Hmm. Uh, until basically everything is unrecognizable. Uh, Cavalcade has a much wider palette than Schlagenheim. Decadent, forgotten old smells, curtains, rooms from another area. Uh, mixing memory, eros, and dream. Technicolor with a very tactile feel. Uh, all of these yet uh, getting thrown around to, uh, I, I, I think an extremely successful result. The 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 cavalcade artwork rollout is stunning, to to put it to yeah. put it mildly. It's if this wasn't my favorite it's, record of the year, easily my favorite sleeve of the year. It's one of those records that like for like five years now I have always had in the back of my head like ah oh, what if I started buying vinyl? I never like I don't own a record player and so it would be like an investment to get into and i see this and i'm like man i would just love to be able to like pick this up and like have a huge fucking like vinyl sleeve so i could just like appreciate this art you know i i wish my webcam was working right now because i could show you uh my cavalcade vinyl 
uh, Hell yeah. sitting right next to me right now. But uh, it's it's gorgeous. It is beautiful. It's so sick. Yeah, just just in terms of like, I'm not the graphic designer here. I mm-hmm. see this and it feels like there are like, I cannot figure out which chunks of the color wheel are just absent. Um, <laughs> They're all there. They are literally they, they all are literally there. They're literally all there. Like I can pick out like deep reds and purples and like a hell of a lot of blue and green and a hell of a lot of like, uh, like, okay, maybe like piercing yellows. Um, yes. On the, on the thing. Lots like, of, lots of nice oranges as yeah, well. Everything is, well, I mean, everything is bun. Everything is like cooked slightly. Yes. Um, in the same way that, like, fucking, I've been rewatching Twin Peaks the last little while, and comparing the way that the that nature is shot in the original series, where it's yellow and slightly sickly, um, versus in season three, where the return, it is which like, is just desolate. Well, no, oh, the return, like, it it goes back and forth between like desolate and then like the forest shots yes. in Twin Peaks itself, which are like. They are nature documentary ask really. They are it's, it's sexless either way, I think. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Okay, so the, there is a there is an entire side podcast to be dis- talked about the sexual <laughs> uh the sexual and er, like erotic imagery and politics of Twin Peaks the Return, but we'll not get into that now. <laughs> the the point the point being that like this feels much in the same way as watching good versions of the original Twin Peaks series. Yes. It feels like it's got that like VHS burn that like saturates and makes everything slightly gloopy and like in the same way you might just slap a tape saturator on the top of a top of a really good record to like give everything that sense of like abrasiveness and burn. Um uh, and the he... artwork has got this like yeah, this artwork to me just has this kind of sense of like yeah, abrasion and burn. Yes. In, and like the, both of the colors have been like dragged into this like lower register somehow. Yes. Um, and the outlines have been like fudged and fu- fuzzed to match. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's got that kind of like slightly luminous analog intensity that I just love. I was going to say it's, does this, uh, does this remind, does this cover remind anybody else of the super Mario brothers movie or am I an idiot? You know, now that you say it, I see it, it's you know, sort of it's, I, it, it's I, I it's I, I it's you know there's a whole side podcast about how I feel about the visual language of the Super Mario Brothers movie, but uh, <laughs> it's uh, I it's like I see this and I it's like I close my eyes and I'm like that this is like that that 90s action uh, visual language that we used to like lambast so so heavily like you see like uh. Like, I think the only identifiable element is in, like, sort of the top left corner where there's, like, floodlights coming out of, like, surveillance buildings and televisions and stuff. And mm. that being the one image for me in here to grasp onto uh, really, uh, really cemented that I think that, like, mid to late 90s action movie language that was so, so derided at that point. But nowadays scans with, like, a lost to time visual richness. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think it's a, a a richness lost to time. Uh, brackets, but not racist end brackets, is what Black Midi is all about, <laughs> I think. Yeah, yeah. Dude's God, this record's good. all centuries. It's fucking rocks. 
Oh, I wanted to. I also. It's. Uh, I just wanted to talk about this. It's. Uh, I'm. I'm wrapped on Coverwatch, but I wanted to say I really like that uh, ascending fourth. The song doesn't really have any yeah. ascending fourths in it. <laughs> I, I thought that I thought that was very cute. I, as a person who knows jack shit about um, uh, music theory, I just assumed there were ascending fourths in there, and I didn't know what they were. Okay, and so it's really funny to hear. Let, that. let me let me give you the audio lesson. Okay, uh, here's an ascending fourth. Okay. It, okay. It goes up a fourth. Okay. Uh, it goes like this: the fourth, the fifth. Oh, minor fall on the major lift. <laughs> the Greep okay. sings out the broken cavalcade. <laughs> They've got another record coming out. They in like do. Two months, if, I just if, saw. It's, if you wanted to listen to Cavalcade, don't. Black Midi has a new album, Hellfire, coming out like July fifteenth or something, and it's more of this, and it's fucking sick. <laughs> I I think that might be slightly across messaging because this is also a fucking good album. Yep. But yeah, yeah. Okay, let me let me say this. If you liked if you liked Cavalcade, great. There is another album that sounds <laughs> just like it coming right up. Yep. Yep, 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 yep. <sighs> okay, Boo, I have to ask you a question. Sure. Um Is there a how do you feel about me saying saying I get a lot of King of Limbs vibes off this record, in a good sense? You know what? I would like you to extrapolate. It's I I like King of Limbs. I I wanna I wanna mm. get in front of that. I really do like King of Limbs, and I know you like King of Limbs. Yeah. Uh, so so th this is a thing. So like, radio headification is a thing that comes for every British indie band. That's um, true. Uh, like, people start to like try and attempt to expand their lane, expand their instrumentation. Okay. They, ex like, explore their songwriting techniques. The thing about Black Midi is they already had all the crazy harmonic and, and like, arrangement stuff, like, down to a T. Like, they've mm -hmm. always had this. The, the thing that kept creeping back in was, like, the more songwritten bits feel like, in the same way that everyone always said, like, oh, if you think about Radiohead really hard, they are far more arch and formal and jazzy than you give them credit for. And there yeah. are like amnesia cuts that you can think about or yes. in Rainbow's cuts. Or indeed, I think, where it's secretly most like visible is on King of Limbs. So it felt like King of Limbs is that secretly the place where the like shuffly anxious um, intensity combined with the like ability to free spin out very nerdy technical, like rhythmically detailed... Um, that are like are like harmonically interlocking parts, like comes out in the fullest in the Radiohead discography, and in my most like gratuitous moments listening to Cavalcade, I kept thinking like this is like everything I could want out of the like Radiohead project where they just decide to be self indulgent rather than like self flagellating. Um, okay, I I don't, I don't think there's I, a difference between those two things for Radiohead. <laughs> okay. uh, yeah, I I don't okay. know. I don't know if I, uh, I don't know if I spiritually, I, I don't know if I literally follow what you're saying, but spiritually, I'm like, hell yes, keep the peace. I like it. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> there, there just, I, I, I say the reason that triggered it more than anything is there are always just, like, this happens with all sorts of things, but there are always moments where, like, 
you listen intensely to a record and start to f hear like minute little moves and I couldn't tell you where they are right now because they need to like scrub through whole six minute tracks to find specific chord changes no one wants to hear that live but <laughs> um, the but is important um, there are like so many moments where I feel like the if them musically referencing anyone and it's not like fucking Ornette Coleman or you know uh, like all sorts of jazz fusion stuff like Radiohead is the only guitar band I know of that will be trying to pull the same stuff like that is just like a that's both incredibly complimentary and also just like a very interesting lone start to like how they organize the sound around all of those like harmony decisions um, I like I, I like this I like this I like what I'm hearing yeah they're just a very very different band but just like having the capacity to do all those like really slinky highly chromatic crunchy nonsense um yeah slinky is a word that i will use over and over again just like there's a there's some cheshire cheshire cat um like wide-eyed grin like all sorts of awkward awkward nonsense going on that i yeah i just appreciate and i wanted to at least offer up to you in case if you had or hadn't made the connection I no, it's I, I it's I it's my brain cannot go from A to B, but I see you going from A to B on that. I'm like, yes. I oh, think yeah. it's like A to like Q and like. It's cer certainly certainly Regs. That's the most novel thing I've heard Black Midi compared to. So wow. you get po you get points for that. Yeah. Just, <laughs> all right. Uh, I will. I honestly like. It's the only time I've heard somebody say like uh, like. Uh, Black Midi's like Radiohead is when somebody's trying to compare them to like one of the the jazzier songs off of like Amnesiac or something. Yeah, the Amnesiac comp, comp is I think kind of there because the brass is there. But yes. I'm just thinking like, in in terms of in terms of like creative spirit. Yeah, there's a, it, the, Morning Mr. Magpie is the track that comes to mind for me. Um, okay. Slinky, baseline wandering all over the place, um, neurotic and like rhythmically tense in a way that slowly evolves into something more like uh like languorous and languorous is that a word i think uh, so what am i thinking of? what's the word that i'm thinking of? i don't know can i can i uh, interrupt can i can i can i cap this thought by saying like, it's they would body a language. cover they would body a cover of morning mr magpie they would absolutely body <laughs> language is the word i was thinking for languorous is not a word there we go I would love to hear them uh, play all of King of Limbs, actually. Wait, Regs, you might, uh, like, literally... I, I might, I might like, fully see it now. Yeah, I think uh, Morning Mr. Magpie was the, like, key track. That was, Hell like, yeah. This has, this has the harmony moves, but it also has the, like, progression between the, like, sides of their sound and sides of their attitudes to arrange with that, like, really mark them out. For me. sure, for sure. <sighs> uh... I don't know. I don't know if I will ever truly be able to exhaust everything I want to say about Cavalcade. But we hit the songwriting. We, uh, I, mm -hmm. I hit my doofy little ascending fourth fun fact. I hit the story. I hit the cover watch. Uh, it's. I got to say, L to Regs like thirteen, fourteen yeah. times. Yeah, yeah. Don't, that was the important part. I yeah. um. <laughs> Uh, do you guys have any closing statements on Cavalcade? Hot singles listeners can now tick off giving Regs an L on your bingo cards. <laughs> yep. <laughs> It's... Um, no, I feel like I, I, I feel like all I did was sit here and say it fucking rules, but like, I don't know. I, that's what I took away from it. There's... Is like, wow. <laughs> I mean, it's as we said, like the, the decoy is kind of dude's rock, right? Yep. 
They Dude's hit, fucking rock. They hit that shit so clean. <laughs> uh, we need we need an evolution of dudes rock, which is like dudes groove. Mm. Oh man, hell yeah! Dudes are grooving <laughs> in all postcodes. Dudes vibing. Dudes vibing. <sighs> Dude, dudes, it, uh, it's it's like a like a real it's like a three twenty by three twenty Instagram caption from like ten years ago. Dudes grooving on Friday night. That's a squad vibe. <laughs> <laughs> we need to bring that back. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, I'm listening to Slow again now. It's, yeah, this, this whole record fucking rules. That's <sighs> a podcast, though. That's that's a fucking like. podcast. Uh, God, we got anything to, we got anything to do before we get out of here? Uh, I just wanted, uh, I wanted to say again, if you liked Cavalcade, uh, listen to that. It's also, oh, shit, I forgot to say, uh... Oh. It's, uh, there are, uh, there are so many, there's like three other albums in the Cavalcade rollout that they did. Uh, one of oh, the- shit? Fucking yeah. It's, okay, so one of them was a Japanese bonus disc, uh, called Covercade, which includes a lot of the music and covers they did on the Black Midi, uh, the, like the Black Midi, uh, radio show on NTS. Including cover, okay. including covers of Born to Run by Bruce Springsteen, Bachelorette by Bjork, uh, we've only just begun by the Carpenters. <laughs> okay. Uh, there's, uh, there's some Lucy's, like, hanging around. Uh, Despair is one that sounds like, uh, uh, Marlini. It's a great song. Uh, they, uh, they did a, they did a competition for, uh, to vote on, uh, particular songs that would get flex disc, uh, releases, uh, like at select retailers. That includes Nothing Compares to You by Prince, 21st Century Schizoid Man by King Crimson, Psycho Killer by Talking Heads, Moonlight on Vermont by Captain Beefheart, and Love Story by Taylor Swift. And uh, very late last year, they put out a uh, a live performance disc called Live Cave, which includes a, like, literally like a 200 beats per minute version of John L called John Hell. And Gordy keeps making Devil May Cry noises over it. He goes like, yeah! <laughs> uh... If 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 you liked Cavalcade, do like a second of digging, and there's like a whole other like uh, like there's a whole other like releases length of songs yeah. waiting for you. The, the ice bug goes deeper. It does. And uh, welcome to hell coming out. Yeah, it's a good it's, single. The video is also great. Yes, we're in it now. Yep. Okay. That's that. That is all I wanted to say about Cavalcade. I love this record. There's so much. I love it. L. Let's fucking go. Uh, <sighs> picks for next week is still a work in progress, so we'll drop that in probably here. Insert clip of me talking about what the picks are next time. Hey there, listeners. I'm here in the editing suite, just letting you know that our next record is going to be 69 Love Songs by The Magnetic Fields. We'll be joined by our friend Mark to cover this very long album in its three parts, in its entirety. I hope you have a wonderful evening. Boo, where can people find you online? Uh, you know, uh, it's, you know, it's kind of just a vibe, you know, it's kind of just, uh, it's, it's kind of, <laughs> you know, it's, it's kind of just, it's kind of just like computers in an area, you know, <laughs> I Alexis <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> Alexis, where can we find you? Um, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to come up with a funny joke and I can't really top that one. Um, uh, I don't know, take a break this week? I'm not sure. Yeah, uh, it's... <laughs> it's, where can we find you? Uh, why do you want to know? Chill out. <laughs> Anna, where can we find you? <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at a tumble <laughs> underscore coffee. You can find me on Patreon by going to exportodd.io. Give us a dollar a month. Get this podcast a week early. Give us $5 a month. Listen to Pop Town Funk, where Nora and I just covered Rocky. We're going to cover Sid and Nancy next. Ooh. Um, it's plus gone places. <laughs> um, at some point, we'll get back to Marvel movies, I'm sure. <laughs> Nora is shaking her head and like, eh, baby. You never know. <laughs> you're, you're, I think you're allowed to shuffle once in a while. Um, is, it, is it time for us to fuck off? Yeah, I think so. I think so. A pleasure as ever. We'll catch you next episode. Bye, everybody. Bye.